Hello and welcome to this week's Weaving Web 3 with me, James. Me, Chris. And me, Stash. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a hot button topic. Uh, I think we're going to, Chris is going to take us through uh, what's been going on with Logan Paul, CoffeeZilla and the crypto zoo situation. Chris, could you give the listeners a brief overview of what crypto zoo is and why everyone's so upset? Of course I can. So, crypto zoo is an NFT collection which was made, created and basically pushed by Logan Paul, right? So Logan Paul, on his podcast, he was like, oh yeah, I've got this really cool NFT collection. He didn't call it an NFT collection though. He called it a game. He was like, it's a really cool game where you can make money. Um, and yeah, like it's just really fun to play. Um, so turns out the idea behind it was you will, so if you've heard of, uh nft collection called crypto kitties i think it's called uh, basically you get two of them you can breed them which makes other generations of crypto kitties with different sort of appearances and stuff like that and you can earn tokens by either selling them or like doing other things staking them whatever so basically there's this whole ecosystem economy around it which for crypto zoo uh was the zoo token Right. Mm -hmm. So he's got this um, zoo token, which is a crypto, obviously, that you can earn by owning, staking these animals. Right. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea was you bought the eggs. So you bought the eggs and then on reveal day, hatch day, um, you could hatch your eggs and see what you got. Yeah. Uh, um, however, a lot of stuff happened in between and Hatch Day never actually worked, never actually really. So basically people got these pictures of eggs mm -hmm. and they couldn't hatch them. They couldn't do anything with them. Um, in the meantime, when they created this, basically they listed the zoo token on all, on um, as a token and they gave themselves a large quantity of the zoo token yeah. in the hype up, the build up, Zoo token went massively up because everyone was really hyped. They were like, okay. And then um, a couple of the people on the project dumped all of their tokens, basically, and made an absolute killing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically, Logan Paul is the face, right? He's the guy, he was involved in the whole thing. And it turns out that um about four of the people involved high up basically decided they were scammers yeah okay so, so no that's, that's fantastic so it starts off as a complete standard oh, cross smash the mic it's a completely standard nft project where okay, yeah. we're building hype we've got a, a, an eggs we're doing a release right? but with the difference that it's There's a also game. a token. It's a game. It's a game. So he was aiming it specifically at kids as well. He was like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's really fun to play. Like, you can play with your kids, stuff like that. And you can earn these tokens by playing the game. Yeah. So so that's all happened. And so my my question is, and I'm sure that Stash and Chris are going to disagree with me here, is why is everyone blaming Logan Paul? Because <laughs> my question here would be, for example, Logan Paul has a drinks company, doesn't he? Yeah. has a drinks company Prime. he's the face They're, they've got a meme out now which changed the changed the name of prime to crime <laughs> <laughs> right and that's chris's thumbnail fantastic yeah. um <laughs> but so my question there is right so the prime company 
that him and KSI own. Yeah. They don't make the drink. I'm not a very dubious character. Sorry but, but, if I'm offending anyone that likes KSI, but... But like, they don't make the drink, right? No. So if you get a bad batch of Prime, do you blame Logan Paul for promoting it or do you blame the actual people who make it? And that's where I sometimes think about stuff. And I'm like, actually, he's the marketing face of a project. And I assume, my assumption would be that the people who've set this up and were doing it are either paying him a big amount up front to do that and then also promising him large rewards. I don't know how the system lays out, but I'd be I'll interested. Let's talk first. No, no, I... I'll let you talk. I want you to talk first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Know. Well, the difference between Prime, the energy drink, Prime is made. It is a product, a physical product. You pay for Prime, you get Prime, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, there is certain standards, food health standards, all this. It needs to be that product. Yeah. yeah. Right? So whether you like it or not. That does not matter to Logan Paul. That's not Logan Paul's fault if you don't like it. If you get a bad batch, that's probably something to do with the shop, something like that. Like probably dubious food health, whatever problems. There are lots of factors involved in that, right? With the NFT project, he was one of the creators, right? Oh, boy, this is where I pause you there, okay? When you say he's one of the creators... I guarantee you he hasn't written a line of code. No. no. I bet he's not drawn any of the art. What of the actual product has he made apart from marketing it? He was responsible for like hiring everyone. He, he, what he, it was, it's his idea. And he was trying, he was getting the people who would make it come together and come to life. And one thing I, I personally think why he is the problem, he is his fault. He didn't do his due diligence and he started, oh, I've, I haven't watched the whole uh, documentary, mm. but he started blaming the other people, like the actual scammers who scammed him. He like, but like, if you're going to hire someone for like something that's going to be worth millions, he just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I get frustrated, but I am frustrated for all those people, like innocent people, like kids younger than our age that have just been scammed out of his money because he didn't do his due diligence. And I know, Okay, NFTs, everything. You know, you have to do your do your own research as well. But I think it works both ways. He's a public figure, and lots of people trust him and his brand before he went into Web three. So you would have expected that kind of like trust coming into this. See, my question there is really interesting. Is he not also a victim? Is he not the biggest victim? No, 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 no. Ah, but right, hear me out here. If right, so if somebody comes to you. Chris, and they go, I've got a really good idea for you. And you go ahead and you market it all, and you think you're going to get a big payday. And at the end of the day, they walk off with all the money and leave you with all the bad publicity. Are you not also a victim? Of How people? am I going to get all the bad publicity? Uh, if because... I've been hired by this guy, I have proof that this guy was the one that hired me. No, 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 no. So sorry, sorry. The bad, sorry. The, so Logan Paul, what does he get out of these guys not delivering the product? Do you see what I mean? He, um, he, he, well, if he's, if well, he's cashed out his tokens, and he's made yeah. bank. I completely get it. But my my understanding was he hasn't cashed out. No. So, my, so, so this Which is, is where... his, that's his big big sort of thing. But, but, but so this is he my question, right? So he associated hmm. his face, his brand with this company, right? It's yeah. the same with same with Prime. He's associated his brand with Prime, right? A big driving factor for the selling of this product is because of his brand, right? So mm-hmm. Prime is going crazy, everyone's buying Prime, and Prime is a good product, it's a physical product, 
drank it, you like it, whatever. It's there's some sort of like um no one can get it sort of thing because yeah, everyone's yeah. exclusivity. Yeah. Exclusivity, right? So he's done a similar thing with this NFT project. He's associated his brand with this NFT project. He is the reason why people bought in, right? Yeah, yeah no, I I Chris, I'm with you there, hundred percent completely agreed up to this point. Yes. So if people if he abandons the product just like that after um getting scammed or whatever by these other people who he hired, he's hired scammers that have inevitably scammed with, and I'll point this out in the in the Coffeezilla's <laughs> video. Thank you very much, Coffeezilla, for the video. It was very informative. Um, if you're ever watching this. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, basically in Coffeezilla's video, he had text messages that were sort of made between the um the founding members i guess mm. the people that he hired and himself um about the project and the whole the whole idea was that they were going to sell their tokens right yeah, yeah absolutely. they were going to make money out of it the scammers did it first though and he abandoned the project so but that's, uh, but that's where that's where i deviate and i go well it but logan paul and i'm not like a massive logan paul stan but from my perspective right he gains nothing from all of this. All he gets from all of this is bad publicity, which is why I look at it and go, is he not as much of a victim as everyone who's invested? Because although he's not physically lost any money, he's put time and effort that he could have spent promoting something else, promoting Prime, promoting one of his other interests. He's put all that time and effort in for some guys that he's hired and granted, yeah, he could have done more due diligence to walk off with other people's money and his money. Do you see what I mean? Like, that's where I land in it. I go, it's difficult Here's to say. the thing, though, right? So they don't know for sure about that because, right? So in order to buy these eggs, right, there's an egg sale, as we said in the NFT episode, right? You have a pre-set whitelist sale, and then you have a sale, and there's a pre-reveal, which would have been the pre-hatching yes. page, and then you can hatch your NFT, right, which never happened. So basically... He sold all of these eggs initially mm-hmm. for Ethereum. Yeah, yeah. Where's that Ethereum gone? Who's to say that he didn't get a big payout and then he didn't touch his tokens, which were another big payout for him, but he didn't touch them because the others got to it first. He abandoned the project because he did, nothing worked, right? Mm-hmm. And like... So he's at the end of the day, he has not lost money. He's lost face now because someone called him out. Up until this point, it's been a year and six months, something like that, would, since CryptoZoo launched. Up would, until now, no one brought it up and he would have gotten away with it. Yeah. When I when I say lost money, I don't mean he he physically gone down in net worth, but yeah. for him, if that project had launched and had been successful, he could have made millions and millions. Yeah. So when I say lost money, I don't mean he's actually out of pocket, yeah. but yeah. I mean the potential in the business. Because from right, and I'm like I said, I'm not Logan Paul Sam, but from my perspective, I don't understand why someone of his wealth and someone of his um sort of publicity would get into bed with scammers willingly. Do you see what I mean? I, I, himself. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he associates with these people because he is one of those people. <laughs> and like yeah. uh, one more thing, like they th- when they were going for like all the smart contracts, they were of like the game. It, they found out that it was not sh- that was sort of ages ago, but that it's like a copy of a completely another contract from some random other game. 
So yeah, yeah. like, so it wasn't actually because he also said like on news we've spent millions in development and stuff like that. And even though yeah. when you look at the trace of it, it's like, hang on a second, there's literally no work gone into it. You can literally, I could basically make a hard fork of this an entire other project in a click of a button. So yeah, that's He's why I also think every, everything that he's saying and why the blockchain is so wonderful because it's all open source. We can see when they're lying, and I I do not believe that he was unaware of the scamming that is going on. I feel that he, I don't know if if I was a someone like him, you must be stupid to think like not. I don't know. I, I, you just have to be pretending. He must have been pretending dumb, in my opinion. I just don't understand how you could. So another point, another point, right? He, as as Stash said, he said they've spent millions. They've hired in loads of different artists, things like that, right? They revealed some of the pictures of what the revealed eggs would look like, mm. right? And they were literally stock images with a bit of Photoshop. He yeah. spent loads of money on this handmade art, which is a stock image with like of a panda with a elephant nose. Yeah, like, basically like the whole Trump thing. Like if, if you did that, if you did that with Prime, right? That'd be like saying, Oh yeah, I've got this brand new energy drink and giving them like dirty water. <laughs> okay, right. So it's it's, it's really interesting. So sort of like I'm I'm liking to play devil's advocate just because I, I I find that fun. No, absolutely. I love enjoying this. No, no, no. It, it, it's always good fun. It's fueling me. It's, it's getting it, me. No, 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 that's good. I like a bit of energy. So it, it's really fascinating to me. So essentially, like we've got we've got a situation where Logan Paul, because because in my mind, like right, if I look at it from like an account perspective, like a business perspective, it's not uncommon for companies to incur a lot of costs. For example, like if you're in the UK and you did a an, an large NFT sale, twenty percent of that depending on certain rules and regs and VAT things, there's a lot of VAT workers into it. 20% of that could immediately be gone in VAT, straight off the bat. You know, do you know what I mean? So you suddenly, if you sell to 20 million quid, big chunk of that is just gone. What's it, 4 yeah. million quid is gone immediately. So I think sometimes there are a lot of costs that people maybe don't consider. And then the profit that you've made, you then have to pay tax on the profit. So you're then paying, you know, another like, corp tax going up to 25%. Like in the UK, lots of that is going. And obviously corp tax on profits so that's different than on like your revenue which is what you've sold it for but there will be lots of costs in there and typically what i think would happen in a project like that is you do your initial raise and you pay out the people who are involved in it quite a lot of money for the work they do would would be how i would say it so you yeah abs absolutely um, in like, the video i think as well he pointed out that the dev team never got paid you see that is that's fascinating to me because what i what i would well uh, the legitimate businesses what you would normally do is obviously you would they would have a lot of cost incurred on doing a project you know because a, lo a lot of the time there as well you've got to think that you'll bring you bring together at least two business groups if not three because you need techie people you need artists and then you need business people and that's sort of your minimum because you need to market it and obviously, like the artists, like you are big on your crypto Twitter stash, and like the artists obviously market on there and stuff, don't they? But it's um, you sort of need all three in your. He doesn't have that cost because he's marketing it, right? Uh, but that's what I mean. So that's his that's his side of it, isn't it? So it's just tricky, and I look at it maybe dealing with lots of businesses, and lots of companies, and going, 
I wonder if you are someone like Logan Paul, if you have the capability to do due diligence on those people. It's as it like asking if I asked you two to review a set of accounts I had prepared, would you be able to tell me what was wrong with them? Do you see what I mean? The yeah, same way I can, way if... I can actually. <laughs> can you? I'm really good at that work. Just give <laughs> them all to me, and I think I'll sign them off. But exactly the same way if Stash had prepped up some some vaccines he'd be working on or whatever and told me and Chris to have a look at, oh, do you think these charts look right? But we've we've got no ability to review each other's work in our own specialist areas. So I find like when Stash got, oh, do you do diligence? And yeah, you need to check the people you're working with. But the actual stuff that they're doing in business, the reality of business is it's very difficult to actually do that. In in his in his um, reply video, right, mm -hmm. like, pointed out that the lead developer um, was a convicted criminal, right? He made that out <laughs> as if Coffeezilla was like basically he made out as if it was a dub on Coffeezilla that the guy that he hired had a criminal record. Criminal records, like you do a DBS yeah. check or whatever, right? A criminal records check. For like anyone that you hire, if you're a proper company, if you're a massive influencer with a reputation at stake, you're a criminal records check, man. Like, that's, uh, right, but that's so. I would say there though that understanding is maybe not complete. So if you have a criminal, so you Chris could have done a crime at eighteen. Yeah. After a certain amount of years, that crime will essentially be hidden off your record, and you don't have to show it to employers. So that so stuff like that can actually happen, and depending on it, what industry you're working in, so like teachers etc. have to be able to do DBS checks, but not everyone does. So that's a tricky one because it's like an anti-punitive thing. So that if you once ever did a crime, it's not that you can never get a job. Yeah. So that's a tricky one. So the fact that he does have a criminal record, it wouldn't always be obvious to an employer that that did exist. Yes. So that, However, yeah. In that case, you're saying this guy is a reputable person, right? So oh, yeah. after he's gone so many years without, so how come he managed to find out that he was a convicted criminal? Then? Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> one, isn't it? And it, it, it's very difficult because I think they're essentially entering into a partnership. I don't know if they did like a company or whatever, but if you were doing that with people, you sort of need to know them. But And that that's why I'd always assumed, that, and I might be completely wrong with this, that the crypto zoo was like a prime situation where these guys had come to him with the idea, right, and just said, uh, no, but this, this is the interesting thing, right? You guys shake your heads, but do we have any evidence that it is actually his idea, or is he just an arrogant YouTuber who claims it is? Do you see what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I, I, I actually don't know. Regardless of whether he was the... He was the guy that hired everyone. There is proof of that. So if it wasn't his specific idea... Mm. He's still the one with the responsibility, right? And, Absolutely. right, so you can have, let's say, right, um, in the Prime situation, right, this physical products, right? Mm -hmm. You're a big YouTuber. You promote this drink. You haven't created it, but they have given you dirty water instead of an energy drink, right? Yeah. Who's to blame for that? The people, right? But also you for promoting it. Mm. like yeah, okay. be like oh can i have some samples of this is this a good thing sort of thing you are the main reason why they have sold so many right so that's the thing this is another point that was pointed out in the coffeezilla video if it was just the four scammers they don't have the clout they don't have the sort of millions of followers 
they wouldn't be able to riot it the same way. They probably would have got some people. They probably would have scanned some people, but not on the massive scale that they managed to because of Logan Paul. Yeah, and then Logan Paul disassociating himself completely with the project for a year and a half screams rug pull because he's not even bringing it up in any videos, any anything. He he's not even going out and saying and informing people, oh, I got scammed. Yeah. I'm dealing with this. I'm trying to sort it out. I'm still backing this. Mm. He has promoted this item, which has lost a lot of people a lot of money. And then decided he's going to wipe his hands clean of it. Like that's a scam on Logan Paul's run. What would what um, out of interest? What would what could he do to remedy that situation for you? Well, what he's trying to do, suppose, or what he's doing now, now that he got called out on it, um, actually make the project. Which yeah. But the thing is, a lot of people are saying, it, and it is just because he got called out because his reputation got hit, right? He's only doing this as management, as like uh, damage yeah, control. Yeah. Damage control, yeah. yeah. And like a lot, of, probably a lot of those people, because the if you look at the charts of it, like the price has gone way so so low. And if it, the pumps that it has had, the people that bought way up will not get their money back. You you, you there need millions that need to go into this project for those yeah, people that lost, lost out thousands because of, thousands of pounds. Yeah, All I'm hearing, boys, is that we should be buying a couple. Is that what I'm well, hearing? Well, no, no. The pump's already over. So he yeah. made his his reply video. <laughs> he was continuing working on it. And there was a pump that went up. Yeah, like the price the... went up to 0.2 and then it's just plummeted back down again. All the people that know he was a scammer from the fact that he left them unread, unheard for a year and a half were like, well, actually, the price has gone up a bit. I can take some of the money back that I lost. Hmm. Not all of it. And get out of this project. Absolutely. This is, this is a... It's a, a shit show. Yeah. It, it, I, it, I think if you are a person, let, let's say us in the future, mm. some company approaches us, oh, we are this amazing blockchain, whatever. Oh, I would I would want to meet every single person. Like you go through their accounts or like us going to do this because like I would never want to associate myself with a, a company that I don't trust in their values or anything mm. like that. Because like, at the end of the day, we would be putting our own reputation and our millions of followers, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, I thought, no, no, I, I just find it really interesting where I sort of look at it and just go, it looks so similar to so many NFT projects we've already discussed. Like, it doesn't seem, this seems absolutely normal, apart from the fact that they've got a hype man yeah. who's very good at hyping, apparently. I, it's, yeah, no, it's really interesting, and, and I, I really appreciate you actually, Chris, sort of explaining it all to it. And I, I like, no, but I don't know about you boys. Yeah, yeah, I, all yeah, up. No, no, I right. find though, that like, at the end of the day, I'm not a big Logan Paul, yeah, Paul, yeah. Logan Paul, <laughs> Logan Paul fan, <laughs> but I like to sort of stand on the other side and go like, what, what's going on? Because I typically find if people will happy to argue back with you and discuss it, it challenges your views and solidifies theirs. No, and I if you if they met and. Make you make you think about it a little bit as well. Yeah, definitely. But no, I I really appreciate. I do it, agree. But... Like from your point, like when you're saying, "Oh, is his reputation?" Like there's always two sides of every story, and then sometimes your views might be like, right, mm. down a bit. But the yeah. thing is, though, if he was even sorry, right? This man is is a complete uh, what's it sociopath, right? If he was even sorry about it, he would have posted something 
and been like, I'm really sorry. This is a man who makes millions and millions and millions of pounds per month just from Prime, right? He could have easily paid back every single person that lost money on the project. He didn't. Like, right, okay, but so do you think in the current climate where he operates, social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, etc., that anyone ever gets anything positive out of apologising? It strikes me that if you do something bad and apologise for it, the people who already hate you take it as an admission of guilt and you're a terrible person and you knew what you were doing and you were awful. And the people who didn't care still don't care, right? And if you don't say sorry and just let it die, unless somebody goes in and does all the work and brings it back up, it just dies. So from like a PR perspective, I think what he did is completely normal. You see like massive businesses doing this all the time. Something will pop up. Oh, it's horrendous, horrendous. And they go, well, do you know what? Twitter already lasts for 24 hours. I'm just going to sit tight and wait for that to blow over. And they do. And so, so from my perspective, I look at it and go, I'm sure he has a PR team. And I'm certain they'd have said to him like, oh, just just don't 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 speak to anyone on that project. It'll all blow over. And I I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, well, I think that's Will's, wrong. I think that's disgusting. I think that's, 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 that's hey, I'm. I'm telling you. I, know, I agree. I, no, I, I, agree how it works. I agree with you, but I also think there's still all these people who have left like out of pocket because of this. Oh, like massively. who are angry. And what Coffeezilla did was give them a voice because they don't have any social media presence to be able to compare with Logan Paul. They can't put this out and like unless it goes viral, like which Coffeezilla's thankfully, because he does have some sort of presence, mm. did and it made force Logan Paul to address it, like they 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 have no sort of way of getting it's, anything. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because historically it was the press's job to chase up on stuff like that. But because of how papers, TV, etc., is monetized now, they don't care about getting the truth. They care about clicks. Yeah. And and that's the exact problem. Like Coffeezilla's view video has got a load of views. Right? So he has got the clicks. But newspaper won't hound a story again and again and again because it doesn't benefit them. And I think this is a massive problem I, I see with just like how the world is monetizing now. Yeah. That like everything is sort of going down the short, sharp, get as many clicks, ad views as you can. And it sort of gets rid of a bit of real journalism. Because realistically, wouldn't you have wanted sort of all the, I don't know, big crypto journalistic websites sort of go after him? And maybe they do, but like, no one follows it up again and again and again. Mm. And I, I think, I, I, not to get too political, but I think Donald Trump is already brought in the sort of don't apologise for anything ever. Because he, he yeah. showed everyone that actually on Twitter, just it don't apologise. Just carry on through. Just and double down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, doesn't, it doesn't matter because in 24 hours, no, you're on to the next thing. Yeah, and and they don't care. Something more outrageous, and you hide the other outrageous thing that you did. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's all yeah. So I I think that's that's my problem with it all is that if I was Logan Paul and I was in that same situation, would I have done things differently? You'd like to think you would have, but it's very difficult, isn't it, to sort of know what you'd do? Yeah, because I know. So, mm. Also, right. So as I said, Logan Paul has a history of scamming. Oh, please, please tell me about his previous scams because I don't know scam, any of them. Right? This, this. Uh, oh coin. yeah, the promotion. Ethereum Max. Yeah, absolutely. There was multiple ones he was behind, he and did, then he, he dropped the charges between for the ten influencers, wasn't they? Suddenly, the they were gonna like fine each one of them like a million dollars each, and then suddenly it was dropped. 
so there was this there was this coin called Dink Doink, right? which was a spring, right? And he was like, oh yeah, Dink Doink. I don't know anything about it, but it's really cool. And I'm all in, YOLO sort of thing. I'm like, and he even he even made a video, right? <laughs> Where he's singing the song and he goes like, Dink Doink is my favorite coin. Uh, um, it takes like a shit on my chest and something <laughs> in my mouth. I don't even know. Like, I'll show it to you guys later. Yeah. It's it's all in the South Park style, right? But it was a complete pump and dump, right? Yeah. Everything went quiet. He made his bags off of that, like, see you later. So he has done this before. Uh, I don't know if he was promoting Safe Moon. There was Safe Moon, which was promoted by a load of people. Complete scam hmm. uh, as well. Like, there's these influencers need to take accountability for what they're doing because they are putting these scams on a global scale they have so much influence so many viewers that they are pushing a scam and they know that it's a scam because they are involved they are making money off of it right mm -hmm. that's the thing if you if let's say our podcast right we got approached by an advertiser they were like yes um we are an advertising company that would like to promote um the vaccine uh giving you aids the vaccine giving us AIDS. Right? Let's say, <laughs> would we accept their money and be like, hey, guys, this company, yeah. So oh, so, right. So so, so would, would we promote a watch that has magnets that cures AIDS that we know is absolute <laughs> bullshit? Because Chris is one there. I don't know what product Chris is offering there. No one's buying that. <laughs> but something along those lines, would we promote that? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, we'd have to talk about how much money they were offering. Because everyone's got a price. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's but, that's, but, that's, but that's the problem in the world, isn't it? That everyone, everyone has a price. Because yeah. uh, it's really tricky with stuff like NFT projects and like tokens, because it's rare that you break a person. So you're normally, it's a bit like crowdfunding, isn't it? You're taking 30 quid from a million people, not 30 million quid from one person. So the outlay and the devastation on the grand scale isn't as bad as like, I've seen some scam tokens where it was like one coin, wasn't it? Where that was like, that they was were rinsing like, people. Yeah. Whereas like, I feel like, I feel like potentially because it's so disparate and you can't see the effects of it, you don't really notice that you've done damage to these people. And I think as well, like like you said, maybe the initial price of these um these eggs was like I don't know twenty thirty quid whatever they were. I don't but think it was I'm pretty sure it was like in the hundreds of dollars. Okay, but but even still, I bet people were trading them for a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and it's those people that have lost out the most, isn't it? It's not the people who've bought one for two hundred quid because at the end of the day, you go well if you take a two hundred pound punt on a on an NFT, it's essentially gambling at that point anyway. Yeah, but I, I just don't know. Also, also, there's the ethical argument of, right, this is a completely unregulated space. This guy is promoting it as a game for children. People bought these NFTs for their children. Mm. It is putting children in a situation yeah, where they are gambling. Yeah. Well, it's illegal. Well, so, well, it is, but then, like, okay, what are the what's the highest grossing game for EA Sports? Fortnite. Oh no! Sorry, yeah. uh, FIFA, e FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. Right. What what that makes the money? Oh, what I makes the money on FIFA? Chests and loot packs and yeah. Well, Ultimate team and they sell card packs and that is all done by. Oh, I say all done by. It's mainly done by kids. 
like with parents credit cards or birthday money or whatever they're doing it's however however, right so you have bought fifa for 50 quid you get the game you play the game you can buy the loot packs they are optional extra you buy the loot packs it's a random luck chance right i agree that that is gambling however with these things in order to participate in the game you buy a product which has a fluctuating price Right. I, I think I think though I was just making the point of there are lot there are actually things that are exactly the same as gambling aimed at children. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. I think should be yeah. legal, like microtransactions in games as well. I absolutely hate that. Yeah. I hate that you can get a mobile game. Oh, it's free. It's not free because you have you to wait seven gems. hours or buy some gems or whatever. Build. Yeah. And, and like I never played those because I always oh, I played on PC and played like actual games. But I think a lot of people did buy those and a lot of people like play those and you just think like they're just taking money out of people's pockets and they use they use predatory addictive gambling tactics to do it and i just think well look if, if you're happy to promote clash of clans or whatever all, the, all these influencers promote it's almost the same thing as taking these punt on these weird nft projects because i i see those games as as predatory as this oh, scam I, is i completely agree they they monetize them to a point where it's not really free to play. It's free to play if you have the time to grind for hours and hours and hours in order to achieve what yeah. you want. Uh, and people are like, oh, well, is my time worth this if I just pay like a five out of ten? How do you think in the future you could stop Project doing something like this? Have we got any ideas for how you could stop them doing this? Like, for example, could OpenSea have on their actually you need to show us before you can put your eggs up for sale on OpenSea. we need to see ten thousand variations of what it will be when it launches or you mean what i'm saying is can we push the due diligence that stash is saying logan paul should do onto industry experts and in that way OpenSea for one definitely does not hold that responsibility because OpenSea is like a marketplace right no no i i yeah I, i understand that but i mean sort of like when when you were talking about the prices skyrocketing yeah, I assume that trading was happening on OpenSea. Well, yeah, there's loads of different, but, majority on OpenSea. But so what I'm saying there is, it could be on LooksRare, it could be on XYZ yeah. or whatever, and stuff like that. What I'm sort of angling at is, can we push the responsibility onto five or six big parties? No. No, but hear me out. So you can't protect the public from individual influencers releasing tokens. Yeah, but if all the resale bits, all the pumping and dumping happens through six companies, right? What is it not better to speak to them and go, you need to verify these following things before you're allowed to list? Or is that too controlling? Because from my perspective, if you can't control the influencers, can you control the marketplaces? Well, in, the it's, sa- well, in that's some way, get into the regulation sort of argument, right? Mm. An unregulated space. But yeah, Garm, Stash, what were you saying? No, like in, like in what you're saying, like the whole open sea, you could. But then if, like, let's say the stuff on OPC gets regulated and they'd be like, yeah, you can't use this. Let's say it's a massive collection. There's millions in fees because they, they're getting cut of every single transaction. That yeah. happens, they get it. And then let's say they stop a massive collection because it's all dodgy and stuff like that. They don't like agree with it. They're going to go to the next, all these other decentralized. There's like loads of them that they could go. There's always be an alternative if people don't like something because you can now kind of circumvent royalties for certain projects because the way like they sell but but, but that stash, stuff like that 
that's exactly why I think you could push the regulation onto OpenSea, because you could say it's in your benefit to do this regulation check for it to be listed on your website, and then you can make the money. But if you don't do it doesn't this, necessarily work for the favor as, of the users, because I, I hate OpenSea, but everyone uses it. And I understand, like, they, they could play a massive role. Absolutely. I totally agree. I see your point. Like, I'm in favor in that regulation as well, but I, I, I don't want like them being the apple of the phone industry, like of mm. the NFT industry, because they, are, they were basically one of the first. But because they're the first, they, they don't allow a lot of freedoms. What these other exchanges that are offering, so like, I, I guess, would, what would you think if OpenSea were forced to have some form of marketplace guarantee? The thing is, right? So like ebay let's say ebay mm-hmm. ebay have a sort of um they've got a sort of way of if you don't get the item that you bought you can get your money back right the thing with that is though ebay transfers the money to the person but through paypal their payment provider right or whatever or through their own systems now i think they've changed from paypal um they have a way of getting the money back right mm. they can refund the user they, they if you dispute it you can refund the user i think they have like a 30 or 40 day guarantee on that the thing with nfts though is a project such as CryptoZoo, right can do that and if you do do that right mm-hmm. where they're like if you don't like it after 30 days you can get your money back that still does not stop them scamming you in a year's time Right. So this was only revealed. Day and you're like, oh, sorry, here you go. Exactly. Exactly. They could literally drop the ball on the thirtieth day when that guarantee runs out. And also the amount of trading that happens on the um, on the marketplace, like it's quite hard to see all the transactions and make sure you repay the right person. This and it's. It's just a lot of faff, which I feel like OpenSea as a marketplace just doesn't want to have to deal with. No, it's the amount of uh, NFT scams that are out there. Hey, I, look, nobody wants to deal with regulation. Yeah. Jeremy, like, I work in a regulated industry. Nobody likes doing the regulation, but it's there to protect people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Jeremy, we don't take on a client unless we've done KYC, anti-money laundering checks, because you have to do them because you cannot be dealing with unreputable people. Do you see what I mean? Like the same way that you go, oh, do due diligence on who you're working with. We do due diligence on who we're working for. Because at the end of the day, it's company, company I work for. Their name is on the signed accounts. Their name is, you know, all over it. You don't want to put Yeah, you, you don't want you don't want to put your name next to some bloke that's Absolutely. done whatever. Yeah. Um I just think that regulation is the only way we solve the scams. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to think of ways that you can do the regulation without it's difficult because I agree with you boys. When you go at the end of the day, the onus is on the person who set up that project to stop it being a scam. But is there potential that you could cut them out of future business, but it's not really doable because of how anonymized the blockchain is and they could go to a different blockchain. Let's say, let's say, right. You say, okay, if you're the creator of this NFT project, we need all your details. We need your ID, this, that, the other, um, we need to do a background check on you. We can do a background check on you. Could they could they do it based on potential market cap? So 
if you're a little artist and you're going to release 100 NFTs and you're planning to sell them for 0.002 ETH, right? You do almost no regulation. If you're announcing you're doing a 10,000 collection selling for one ETH each, you have to do maximum. Do you see what I mean? I wonder if they could do a tiered system yeah. of actually going market cap based. Depending on your collection, you need to do a certain amount of due diligence yeah. and prove something. I wonder if that would maybe be a system where it would work, where you don't punish the people at the low end and have some However, sort of medium. The only problem... Oh. Yeah, go on, Seth. The only problem is when most mints, like people mint these tokens and stuff, like, it's not through OpenSea. They'll create their own website. Yeah. They'll create their own smart contract. There's a, all decentralized, so there's literally no way of essentially stopping... Could you not have like a blue tick system though, like an open sea, like the old Twitter? Days, oh, no, there are where there it are goes. Blue tick. Yeah. There are well, even verified collections have been scammed. Yeah. What was that? Re- oh, I, this was it the Solana. There was a really big Solana one that was ver- verified. I mean, tie into that though that they've had due diligence checks as well. Maybe, maybe that part of the verified collection or something. I don't know. I'm not sure how the verified system works because yeah. I I know that you need to have at least something like. 100 ETH or maybe even more ETH traded. Mm-hmm. The project, I think it might even be a thousand ETH for the project to be verified. Um, so I don't know if they require any details for yeah. it to be a verified collection, but I assume OpenSea being the business that it is, being having the like, I mean, it's a massive mm-hmm. company, right? They would probably do their due diligence if they're going to publicly back this, like, yeah. really verify. I think we've come to the conclusion there, boys, that actually there is no real way of doing it in the current market. Yeah. I think people just need to do their own due diligence, which is what crypto comes back to every single time. One He's more in. thing to what's yeah, really just kind of got me into it. There is a project I mentioned ages ago. It's called Quadrata Passport. And it's basically, I minted one. It's a soulbound token. And I think you guys should do it. It's basically uh, a proof of humanity passport. So basically, a uh, they they were they were awarded uh um by Mastercard and they're working with Mastercard for like future DeFi projects. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you give in basically your passport details, and they're verified through like a totally anonymous encrypted system. So, for example, if I want to participate in a token sale, and obviously certain countries aren't allowed without revealing any information, who I am, bloody bloody blah, it. it it basically tells people that I'm a, like a legitimate, real human, and like the po- possibility that I'm a scam or a bot is a zero. Obviously, mm-hmm. people could steal people's passports and stuff like that. But in this case, like you, if you you can't spam bot like a thousand, like get thousand bots yeah. with fake addresses and stuff like that, because obviously it also like scans your face, but it's totally like encrypted, never releases your thing. And like, I think these kind of technologies will be the future to prevent these kind of potential scams Having ver- some sort of verification anonymous. yeah so like i'm totally i okay in certain aspects i'm totally for like anonymized kyc's like this quadrata passport because i know there's certain things like when i had to sign up for certain icos i had to give them my passport details where i live my phone number what i do what come like if what industry yeah. i am and stuff how much i make yeah how much i earn and yeah, yeah and like there is always going to be a balance and it's personal preference at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. I'm for like XRP and HBAR, they're like for like the bankers and central like centralized and do, do you think it's, so? and it's people's preference and it's and one thing that I really liked 
when we spoke about is you choose crypto you're not forced to be do crypto mm -hmm. so at the end of the day once you choose what's there's going to be sides so we just have to see what sides <coughs> are we going to be on i think it's just it's too early to think about that right? I, I always worry about uh the idea of having kyc of me held by a third party for profit business like i i'd be much happier if the uk government released this is a blockchain of kyc in it is your driving license your passport your birth certificate oh absolutely. that would that, would, that seems like a great idea yeah and actually if that could just be tied in million dollar idea there well, no, but yeah but we'd have to provide it for free chris is the issue because like but but that is that's what but I think. But that's like a governmental level. Like probably every single country. Well, we they were probably more efficient to have these things on the blockchain because you can literally be like, there you go. You can't. That, really that, that's, that's where I think governments will go. And you and and you will tie into CBDCs as well, and they would probably issue them from like a yeah. certain kind of thing. Yeah. And then and, the, and then we're in the matrix, and then it's all exactly. it's all gravy. But no, I I do think that's where identification documents will go, long term. Because if you think about it, like, yeah, you carry like a passport, you go and verify whatever. But actually, if you turn up and you've got a QR code and the people in the airport scan it, it comes up with the official document, the official website, your face is on it. You're good to go. And I think that's where it's going to go. Or even, you know, like, you, oh, do you go up with your fingerprint and then it pulls up your face and then they check. But actually, probably, do you know what happens? You scan the QR code, the AI in the camera scans your face, tells you yes or no. And you carry on through. And there's... Um, and there'll be no people there at all. And and that's potentially where it goes. But no, I, I think, boys, that was that has been one of my favourite episodes. It's been a very interesting talk. Honestly, really though, yeah. it's nice to have a bit of a discussion and push the boundaries on each other a little bit and sort of just have a discussion about those bits and also have a little a little wonder, a weave. I really liked you playing devil's advocate. I thought that, yeah. that definitely like a good thing to do sort of thing yeah, yeah. what happens is chris i hold these horrendous views myself but i just i just say <laughs> I just, devil's advocate I mean, I mean we already know that stash is a big trump fan so yeah so there you go like i'm 100 percent. watch me massive i'm, I'm actually having i actually want an interview with him do you have any questions really oh yeah. my God. Uh, <laughs> i'm going to that gala with him and i'm gonna hold his hand oh cute <laughs> uh, i mean stash you did win an interview with him, we'd definitely podcast it. That'd oh, be that'd I'm be excellent. That'd be the best thing ever. <laughs> it'd be the it'd be the best podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that, right. well, that I think has been this week's weaving web three with me, but James. Mike, wait, I oh. am a little surprise about that Poland because this podcast. Oh, is... so unfortunately, my favorite thing in Poland is called ponchki. It's a Polish donut, usually either filled with like nice warm rose jam. And it like oh the when they're fresh oh and it's covered like with like a thin icing of like delicious. So in the instead, there's not going to be any guessing where it's from because I'm. I was going to say I don't know any Polish. So I have brought you two things. One of my favorite things, which is better than apple crumble, Polish. It's called a charlotka. It's basically oh that was sexy. That's the things to me. That rolling of the eyes, man. Yeah, <laughs> these, 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 there's like a sweet, thin layer of crispy, like sugary crumble. Then like a thick layer of like these spiced apples with like cinnamons and like oh it's. I think I've had that. It's before. beautiful, and then a beautiful base. Like, mm, like when you get a good charlotka, you're like, 
And then this is called favorki. It's basically deep fried dough with icing sugar. And like, it's so fluffy. Like, maybe. No, it's too fluffy. I was waiting. I'll overdub a crunch set. Yeah, yeah big please, one. Do, please do. Like, yeah. But... I love the stash snack segment. Stash snack segment, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, what, what's your favourite thing in Poland, Chris? Uh, my favourite thing in Poland is currently stash. Oh, oh, excellent, Ooh. fantastic, <laughs> yummy. Not calling them an object, but no, 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 no. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry. Of course not. <laughs> well, look, I think that then rounds out this week's weaving web three with yeah. me, James, me, Chris, and me, Stash. Live Peace. on the prosper. <laughs>